Welcome to Why So, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Ellen March, our very own Ellen March, who you all probably know very well already, but I'm excited to get to speak with her today about why she sews. Welcome to Why So, Ellen. Thank you, Jason. I'm so excited about this. Right? I mean, after all, this kind of was your brainchild, so uh, (laughs) it's fitting that you would get to be a guest, right? I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Probably some of our audience doesn't know you. I don't know how they wouldn't, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you know, do you consider yourself a sewist, a seamstress, tailor, quilter, crafter? You know, what's what's your gig there? Well, I guess I would consider myself a sewist. You know, a lot of people kind of get turned off by that term, I guess, um, because they're traditional seamstress sort of, you know, what they consider themselves is, you know, a longstanding term, but um, I would consider myself a sewist, but I also dabble in a lot of different crafts as I'm sure our listeners do as well, but primarily I sew all the things. So I'm just going to call myself a sewist and, you know, I've been sewing for what seems like my entire life. Uh, (laughs) my mom tells me that I started actually learning to sew when I was about eight years old, but sewing has always been a part of my life. My mom had a sewing machine in our basement right near our little play area. So whenever my sister and I were playing down in our basement, it seems like my mom was always very near us, uh, humming away at the sewing machine doing various projects. So, um, you know, and even before that, or in tandem with that, my grandmother was the seamstress for her little town in South Dakota. And she, yeah, she did all the tailoring and prom dresses and you know, everything basically for the little town, you know, the farmers would come and drop off their overalls and things like that on her front stoop with a little note of uh, what needed to be repaired or maybe no note. And she would finish it up and put it back on the front stoop and they'd pick it up and, you know, give her anywhere from a nickel to a dollar. And uh, this was kind of her gig. That's Uh, fantastic. Kind of a, kind of a call back to another time, if you will, huh? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, she had an old treadle machine and uh, my grandfather actually converted it uh, with electricity and so that she could sew faster. And yeah, so I mean, while I would have loved to have learned from her, um, I think that I learned from her through like osmosis in a way. um, And it just was kind of in my blood. Uh, for a long time. So very cool. Would you say that like, is that your first real memory of sewing would have been her or your, your own mom? I, that is really difficult to say maybe her only because she was much more (laughs) no digs against my mom or anything, but (laughs) she was much more willing and I guess patient. Uh Oh, um, watch out mom. (laughs) We won't let her, we won't let her listen to this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, you know, my mom kind of had her own thing going on. She had her own business for a while. She created cross-stitch pillows and sold them to like stores in the mall. You know, this was like the early 80s. And so she kind of had her side gig going on. She didn't want any kids coming and kind of messing that up, if you will. So, you know, when I got older, she definitely guided me a little bit more, but I was also very headstrong. Shocker, I know. Mm, so, imagine. <laughs> so I taught myself a lot. You know, she actually passed down one of my grandmother's Ricar sewing machines. Ricar, it on. was as old as I am, and so I learned on that. And I always say that I kind of became like the MacGyver of the sewing world because it had so many problems with it. And I remember totally reconstructing the bobbin winder using paper clips. Wow. So I was so the MacGyver of that sewing machine. So not um, only were you the, the, the sewist, you were also the machine mechanic. Okay. <laughs> sort of. I mean, it allowed me to really learn how that machine worked and how sewing machines, you know, work in general. I think that's a lot of what is missing um, with sewing education is learning how the sewing machine works and how all of these parts fit together, it really gives you a better understanding of how to kind of, I don't want to use the term master it, but just, you know, grasp concepts a little bit easier and be able to troubleshoot when you're at the machine. Such a fair statement. Yeah. I've seen lots of folks that are, that are sewing machine mechanics, but also sew, and they, they do seem to have such a, a really good grasp on what's happening, you know, especially when things start to go wrong. Right. So you said, you know, what, you were about eight years old when you, when you really started sewing? Is that about it? I think so. You know, I do have a lot of memories that start out with, I think I was eight years old. So <laughs> um, I could be making that up, but I think I was about eight because I remember being in second grade and wanting to make things for my room. It was kind of the first time that my mom let me do some decorating that was not all her. So we went to the fabric store and I picked out really difficult fabrics to sew, of course, like stretch velvets and like fun things like that. So I remember making some little sort of like not table runners, but kind of fabric coverings for some of my ugly hand-me-down furniture <laughs> that was in my room. And that was kind of my way of putting my personality into it. I put tassels on the corners and, you know, in hindsight, super gaudy, garish, <laughs> all those kinds of things. But, um, so, you know, so when you were at the store, was this like, uh, you know, TGNY? I mean, where, where did you go to shop for fabric? Come on. Uh, you know what? We had, <laughs> we had a Leah's fabric gallery. And it was in the mall back in the day. We used to in, do a in lot like of mall the in, shopping. Inside the mall? Like, inside the mall. It was wow. next to the Cinnabon, Jason. <laughs> I don't I don't think we have I don't think we have fabric stores or sewing shops in the inside malls these days, do we? No. Well, honestly, I haven't been to a mall in a really long time. <laughs> but um I don't I I would be shocked to find one. And I'm not really sure how long that one lasted, but yeah, we had that. I think we had Joanne Fabrics back then also. 
Um, but I also remember, you know, my mom made a lot of costumes for me and my sister and, you know, formal dance dresses. And I just remember sitting at those pattern books for what seemed like hours on end. I'm sure it was only a few minutes, but <laughs> just sifting through those like they were magazines, you know, my sister and I and writing down the numbers and going and hunting for the patterns. And, you know, my mom would come to us and we'd have like 30 patterns in front of us. Oh, wow. She would be like, no. <laughs> How much leeway would she give you for what you ultimately picked out? And then, you know, for shopping for the fabrics and stuff like that. Did you, did you have sort of free reign over that or how'd, how'd, how'd that work? Oh, I, I'm not sure I remember, but I'm sure there was a budget. Um, and I'm sure, you know, especially when costumes were concerned, my mom kind of would let us kind of pick whatever we wanted, um, which was great. And, you know, she would go on the, in the bargain bin for, for the fabrics for those, because, you know, <laughs> we were really only going to wear them once. Let's be exactly. real. Um, but I remember a really elaborate pirate costume that my mom made for me and it had an off the shoulder top. And I was so excited about it. I was probably in sixth grade or something. Um, and then she was like, and you will be wearing this vest over the top. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, skin. yeah. And I'm going to draft that pattern my own self. <laughs> so I learned a lot through that process. Um, you know, picking trims and all those things, you know, I, she would teach me how, you know, we could sew this to this edge and this can go inside the seam and um, things of that nature. I know you mentioned that, that your, some of the first things that you remember sewing were for decorating your own room. You know, like, was there like a specific thing or that you remembered and like hold up as a trophy that, Hey, this is my first thing I ever sewed. I wish I could remember the first thing I ever sewed. Um, it was probably handwork, actually, the very, very first thing I ever sewed. Um, but yeah, those things for my room, they were kind of like table runners, but like, you know, long rectangles with fringe on them. And uh, I just remember really having a hard time with the with the hemming of this like stretch velvet that I chose. <laughs> that was such the wrong fabric choice. But my mom was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> you must've, you must've been quite the, uh, how do I say that? Uh, did your friends know that you sewed and what did they think about that? Did they think that was a cool thing or, you know, I mean, I'm sure that all the kids in your neighborhood weren't sitting at the sewing machine. So what, what, how, how did that go? No, they were not. And I don't think I was very forthcoming with it unless I, unless it was Halloween and I was going to school and I was saying like, yeah, my mom made this whole thing. But I don't think I was very forthcoming about my own sewing until fast forward to about junior high when scrunchies were all the rage. Okay. okay yeah. Now I'm like really aging myself here. Uh <laughs> But hmm, I don't think you're all I, that old, Ellen. Come on. <laughs> scrunchies. Mm. They're coming back around, you know. <laughs> so scrunchies became the thing where, you know, I could go to Claire's Boutique and buy a scrunchie for $5 or I could make 500 scrunchies for $10 or whatever, you know, it was. And so that is kind of what started my entrepreneurial, can't say that word very well, spirit, because then I started 
looking at sewing as something that maybe I could make money off of. And then I was very forthright with telling my friends, hey, I can make scrunchies. And oh, by the way, I'm also making shorts to match. So we would have shorts and then, you know, just regular t-shirt and our matching scrunchie. And I had several friends take me up on that offer. So, so the I, seeds of a sewing career were sort of sown in, in, in middle school then, eh? Just about, just about. And it's interesting that you, you found a way to, to make that kind of cool. I mean, I, I can imagine in some scenarios and in maybe some eras where homemade had sort of a stigma to it, right? Did you ever experience that? Um, I did not, really. Um, you know... I wasn't super jazzed about having my mom create an entire outfit head to toe to wear to school. Um, But the quote unquote homemade, you know, prom dresses and winter formal dresses and things like that. That was pretty cool because especially with my sister, she was very theatrical, I will say, Mm -hmm. you know, she did musical theater all growing up. And so when it came to prom and things like that, she wanted a dress that nobody else was going to show up in. You know, (laughs) it was very much like, oh my gosh, we all shop in the same places. What if so-and-so is wearing this dress and I will be mortified. And so that was really a way to make something that you knew nobody else was going to show up looking exactly like you. And, you know, I will say my sister went to a lot more dances than I did, but (laughs) all of her dresses were 100% handmade. And she had, you know, a say in how the pattern would be modified and the trims and things and fabrics that she would choose. And, um, you know, I think my mom really got a kick out of that. Um, it was, it's really a time where your teenagers, um, actually want to spend a lot of time with you. (laughs) Right. Um, I can imagine that she was pretty jazzed about it. And did she get a lot of, um, positive feedback from her friends about what she was wearing versus what they had? Oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. If if she would have let me into her circle of friends back then, I would know more to answer that. But um, yeah, she was very popular with her dressing style, oh, I will say. So cool. So yeah. what, what, what do you like to sew now? I mean, I, I know you sew a lot for, for your job, uh, but beyond that, what, what, what do you enjoy sewing for fun? You know, I have never met a bag I didn't want to sew. Um, As you know, we do a lot of bags at Sulky. And I I think that there's just a a bag sewing sort of addiction, for lack of a better word. Why do you you think that is? Well, I don't know. Ladies like bags. There's, There's a bag... For everything. I guess it's easier you know? to sew a bag than to make yourself a pair of shoes. Another known fetish, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that, there is something to that where, you know, it's a it's a very attainable project and um, and it can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be as well. But, you know, there's zipper bags and there's messenger bags and there's duffel bags and there's travel bags and, you know. We need to keep our stuff organized. What can I say? Um, And we might as well embellish those things and choose really great fabrics for them. 
Yeah. Well, um, what, what about gifts? I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've given handmade sewn gifts on many occasions. Do, do any of those stick out to you in particular as memorable or holding special meaning for you or for the recipient? Yes, actually. Um, when I got married, I made pajama pants and little eye masks for all of my bridesmaids. Now, Jason, I only had two. Okay. (laughs) I understand. I had a small wedding. They still have them and they were coordinating and I got their measurements and, you know, I had, we had to get measurements done anyway for their dresses. So I just took those and they just thought it was the cutest thing. I packaged it up with some other things for them for the weekend and yeah, I will. That's pretty special. I will always remember that for sure. Do you still have yours? I actually didn't make myself a pair. Isn't that dumb? I know. But you know, I was like. You thwarted my next question. I was going to (laughs) ask if you could still fit into them. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so glad I don't have to answer that question. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, man, that's too funny. So, uh, you know. In, in your sewing, I know, and, and, and we certainly have a, a whole line of all sorts of things, but what are some of the favorite things that you use in your sewing, notion-wise or product-wise, or, or maybe techniques and processes, things, you know, what are the things that you use and, and just get the, the most kick out of getting to use in your sewing adventures? Yeah, well, I love little gadgets and things of that nature that, you know, help me so better and help me so faster and kind of take the guesswork out of certain techniques because, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, I don't have a lot of patience <laughs> and I also don't have a lot of time when I'm at the machine, especially if I'm making something outside of work. So I happen to love sewing machine feet. Um, for a long time, I didn't even know there were other feet other than a standard foot and a zipper foot. Those so, are certainly a mystery to me. So tell me more about that. Yeah, well, there's all kinds of different sewing machine feet. There's There are um, quarter inch feet that have a little flange on them that allow you to always have a quarter inch seam. Really great for piecing, for quilting projects. And there's a little flange on it and you put your fabric edges up against the flange and you will just always sew at that quarter inch seam because that's where your fabric has to stop at that's, that flange. That's going to take, so, take a lot of extra work out of your out of your sewing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, so nice, so easy. Um, there's also a rolled hem foot. I remember a few years ago, I went to the Puyallup Sewing and Stitchery Expo. This, I mean, maybe it was 10 years now. I don't know. Could have been yesterday as well. Oh, that's a consumer um, show, right? That's where consumers go to buy stuff. Yes. there's. It's a weekend of classes and um, two different vendor halls. It's a pretty big sewing show. Okay. And I bought a rolled hem foot for my mom as like a Christmas gift because she does a lot of napkins and curtains and things like that. And she's always doing this hand done rolled hem because that's how, you know, my grandmother, the seamstress in South Dakota taught her how to do it. Because that's the way it's always done. Exactly. And that's how it's accurate (laughs) and that's how it's perfect. Right. 
there's always this per it's got to be perfect right so I got her this rolled hem foot and you know she's like what is this I put it on her sewing machine I put a piece of fabric through it and it has this little curly cue inside of it you put your fabric edge in it and it literally rolls it for you and sews the seam right next to the hem she was blown away, Jason. I, it was like she won the lottery. <laughs> this sewing machine foot was like the hit of Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So if, you know, my advice would be if you're always doing something like my mom's always doing a rolled hem, or if you're always piecing quilt tops, or if, you know, you always are doing a certain thing, go online and see if there's a presser foot that you don't know about because this could be your best friend. I'm always always amazed by the companies out there that continue to find new and different notions and, and things to make your hobby easier. It just amazes me. It's so true. It's so true. A while back, I wanted to actually manufacture something that would go around your presser foot to protect little fingers from accidentally coming in contact with the needle. Now, little fingers, big fingers, whatever. Everybody has had a finger like sewn over or gotten a little too close or, I mean, we'll have to take a survey, but I bet you almost every sewer out there has had a close encounter. and, And something like this doesn't exist? Well, that's the thing. It actually does. Jeez. So, yeah, I believe Clover creates this little um, guide or a, I forget what it's called, but it kind of snaps around that area of your sewing machine. So you can teach kids to sew and not worry that they're going to sew over themselves. And yeah, so. Something for every scenario, right? There truly is. Wow. So take you down a little different road here. Yeah. People sew for all sorts of reasons and, and they use sewing. I'm sure like, like any hobby, right? I mean, I, I brew beer as a hobby and in, and in doing that, it can just take you away from the worries of the day. Right. You know, just it, it's something to immerse yourself in. And I'm sure sewing must be the same way. I, I don't sew, even though I've been in this industry for nearly 30 years, but you know, I know this may be sensitive for you, but you know, six years ago, you, you were diagnosed with breast cancer and probably at a really, what most people would say is already a really difficult part of your life. You had two babies, you know, another small child at home. Did, did sewing help you through that in any way? Did it play any part in your journey through that? Um, in, in a few ways, actually. Um, first off, the sewing... I, I, I hope that, that question was okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm an open book, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, I will say that the sewing community is so amazing. And, you know we're all kind of sisters and brothers here in the sewing industry. Um, And I highly encourage anyone who is out there and listening to this and has never joined a sewing group or a guild or just a sewing bee with your friends, 
reach out. You can join some things on Facebook, some specific Facebook groups and things like that, where you can have this community. That was invaluable to me when I was diagnosed and when I was going through treatment. I had people reaching out to me I had never met before in my life telling me their stories, telling me, you know, how they got through this or that they knew someone who was going through this. You know, I had a GoFundMe page. I I was um, really struggling in the beginning, as you can imagine, anyone would with a diagnosis like that. And it was just amazing to me the amount of support that I received from people in my sewing groups and just the industry as a whole. So, That's one way where sewing was just invaluable um, while I was experiencing that. But in another way, like you said, kind of losing yourself in a project or keeping your hands busy, your mind busy. You know, it took me a few treatments to get to a point where I was at a place where it became a little more automatic. I knew what to expect. um, And it was a little more predictable. And so when I did get to that point, you know, I wanted to do things for others. I wanted to reach out to my care team and my nurses and things like that. And so I would bring little hand projects and sometimes I could do them. Sometimes I couldn't even bring them out of my bag. But definitely when my treatment was completed. I was able to go right back to those, finish them up. I gifted packs of magazines and even half sewn things to a couple of my nurses who I knew were into sewing. And it gave them the opportunity to finish off where I had started and things like that. So I think it was really, really invaluable and still to this day continues to be that for me, that sort of escape and also a way to give back as well. That is so, so cool. So good to hear, uh, you know, being able to heal through giving to others uh, and, and, and making things and keeping your hands busy. That, that, those are all really, really cool things. I, I know it's, it's funny as a, as a guy in the sewing industry and, and particularly because for so many years, I can't say it anymore. I used to always be the youngest person around, right? You know, <laughs> my friends would make fun of me almost like, what, you in the what, that what kind of industry? And it was, my answer was always kind of like what you said to begin with that, well, it's just, an industry full of good people. Why wouldn't I want to be in it? You know, absolutely. Yeah, so it's 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 very cool to hear you hear you describe your journey that way. This, this next question, you know, is kind of uh, probably fairly obvious, but you know, has has knowing how to sew given you any specific opportunities or really enriched your life in some way? And I know we've kind of answered that in some ways, but. Did you, you know, specifically as someone who who sews or creates sewing content for a living, did you envision yourself doing that? Or what, at what point did you realize, yes, this is, this is something I'm going to do? Well, I never in my life thought I could ever have a career that had anything to do with sewing. I, you know, dabbled here and there trying to do something on my own in that regard. Like I mentioned, my little scrunchy business. Um, <laughs> I also tried to create my own website and sell clothing and bags back when I was in college. And, you know, this was before Etsy. This was before 
a lot of websites were, you know, people were doing their own websites and it was just way too overwhelming and over my head in order to do that. Yeah, you, so, couldn't, you couldn't just spin up a, a Shopify site or a big commerce site. In those right. Days, oh no. Oh, and it was so expensive too. Just, you know, getting a website, getting a URL, you know, right. it was crazy. So, you know, I would sell things at little fairs and music festivals and things like that. And it just wasn't going to be able to, you know, I wasn't going to afford health insurance, let's say. Okay. (laughs) So I really, you know, when I graduated from college, I thought, oh, I have to look for the quote unquote job from the man and, (laughs) you know, try to get a corporate job or something, you know, with my business degree and things of that nature. And I tried and tried and tried and, you know, I was waitressing on the side and that was starting to become, uh, you know, I I didn't want to be a lifer in the restaurant industry. So I finally started searching for jobs with keywords of sewing. I thought, Mm. what the hell? Well, might as well (laughs) see if something comes up, right? And miraculously, there was this job ad for So News Magazine. And they were in Golden, Colorado. Wow. And I was living in Golden, Colorado. And I was like, there are are sewing machines. I didn't even know there were sewing magazines. I didn't even know those existed. I had never looked at the magazine rack at the fabric store, nothing. Wow. So... Uh, I believe the job ad was for a graphic designer, which is so not me. I mean, you're, and what is your degree in, right? So I have a double major in uh, humanities and theater. I did a lot of theater costuming okay. and I also did a lot of like stage things. And then I have a minor in business. Okay. So oddly, that qualifies me to do like everything that I'm currently doing. <laughs> In a weird way. Um, It's just serendipitous, really. So anyways, I wrote a letter to the editor-in-chief of So News Magazine. And I said, um, I'm not a graphic designer, but this is who I am. And I would love to meet with you. And here's what I could do for this magazine. And actually, a few weeks went by. And... My now husband wrote this note for me. I'll never forget coming home from work and seeing this note. So, S-O, news magazine called. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) what? And the current editor at the time, Marla Stefanelli, she said, "Um, I need an editorial assistant. I haven't even put a job ad out. Why don't you come in and talk to me? And that's how it all began. How cool is that? You know, without sewing or having this passion sort of on the side, I never would have put myself out there like that. And I never would have just gone for it. And I remember talking to her and saying, this is my dream. And I I don't care if I put the trash out for you all every day, but I want to be a part of this. And she just really liked my enthusiasm and that's how that all started. So awesome that your love for sewing and uh, your pursuit of just doing that gave you the confidence to, to go out there and get the job you wanted. I love it. Yeah. And you just, I guess you just got to ask for what you want and hope that someday it works out for you. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, yeah, this is an industry full of 
very strong women that that are very accomplished, very creative uh, as business people and and as artists and sewers. Um, any of those people that came before you that stick out to you that you that you really admire and, and looked at as sort of trying to model yourself after, or maybe not even just modeled yourself after, but just you know, gosh, she did it. Man, that's inspirational. If she if she could do this, then why can't I? You know, Nancy Zeman, I will consider one of my greatest mentors of all time. Uh, She, you know, when we were going to launch the Sew It All TV show, I remember talking to her at a quilt market and telling her, you know, this is my vision. It does not compete with what you're doing. And I would really appreciate any advice feedback. And she sat there and talked to me for maybe an hour. And, you know, an hour of her time was like a gold bar. You know, that was a busy, busy woman with a lot of people wanting to talk to her all the time. And I'll never forget it. I'll never, ever forget it. And she basically said, do what you believe in. You know, if you have this concept and you, uh, you know, want to get it out there, go for it all the way. Don't just dip your toe in that water. Jump right in. Speaks to the nature of the industry, doesn't it? With people like that and and those kinds of positions that um, are willing to lend a hand and and help and nurture and bring people along versus trying to squash the potential competition. Even if she didn't feel like you might be threatening, you know, some industries are just not that way. Exactly. And that's kind of how I went about it because I thought, oh, she's never going to talk to me. She's going to say, oh, well, what's your time slot kind of thing, you know? because I didn't know her and it was completely the opposite. She could not have been more kind to me. Every time I saw her after that, she was full of compliments and it it was just a great relationship. What so a tes- she's, testament to her and the industry. Oh, yes. Just a great, great person. So her, you know, number one, another, another person I really looked up to and still do is Martha Pollan. And, you know, I know I'm naming off all these PBS stars, you know, but there wasn't a lot of sewing on TV. There was not mainstream sewing. Um, There still really isn't unless, you know, you consider Project Runway and, and things like that, which, you know, that was one of the best things that happened to sewing uh, when it premiered um, in my opinion as well, especially for, you know, the younger circuit, but just another person that is all around kind, encouraging, you know, uh, when I was learning to sew at such a young age, I actually didn't really want to learn from my mom. I didn't want to really learn from my grandma because again, I was so headstrong and I was so like, well, I can just do it myself. And so I probably missed out on a lot of great advice they would have given me, but I was just so afraid that everything needed to be perfect all the time. The seam allowance wasn't accurate enough or the you know, the, the applique wasn't straight or, you know, rip this out, do it again. You know, I didn't want that. I wanted the instant gratification. (laughs) I just, I just wanted to go and create and have fun. So I really wanted to kind of try to change that narrative as well. That kind of became one of my missions, I guess you would say, um, when I started in the industry and 
I feel like Martha Pullen was like that as well. She was, which I feel is kind of strange only because she was very much about heirloom sewing and these really intricate things you could do with lace and, you know, christening gowns and things that seemed really important, right? You know, you would spend a lot of time on these things and they would last the test of time because of that. But she was so welcoming Mm -hmm. to her audience as well as to anyone anyone she meets. And that just really struck a chord with me. And, you know, I don't know, I guess. Educating others was certainly at the center of her business, right? Mm -hmm. A big portion of what what they do and still do today is in her name is, uh, is, is all about educating others. So I, I can certainly see that in you and, and see how you might've seen some of that in, in her and, and also what Nancy did. I mean, they're iconic, right? Definitely. Yeah. I think just making people feel like they can do it. Um, you know, you don't need to be scared of it. It's, it's just sewing and it should be fun. It shouldn't be stressful. <laughs> Even though at times it still is. <laughs> I love that. I love what you just said there. I, I always feel like uh, our, our company's founders sort of helped create that movement of sewing for fun versus uh, sewing out of need. Uh, and it's pretty cool to be part of an industry that that promotes that, that something that's fun and, and, and gives you satisfaction. Uh, I love it. So what... what? Is there something that you've always wanted to sew, but you haven't tried yet? I mean, I I know we talked about you're kind of a jack of all trades and, you know, consider yourself a sewist and not one specific thing. But but what's something maybe you haven't tried to do that's on your sort of sewing bucket list? Well, I have always wanted to sew myself a pair of jeans, a pair of jeans that fits, that flatters and that is amazing. And I am still too intimidated, I think, to start. I have a pattern that I think will work for my body type. I actually have some stretch denim. You know, I, I'm equipped for it. I well, think I can time do to, it. Time to do it and video that sucker, man. We can make some money on that. <laughs> 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 I am, I need a support group. And that's the thing is, you know what? We need to gather our um, jeans sewing support group and we'll all go through it together. You know? It sounds like a good class. It sounds like it, a great class. Yeah. Love it. What, what, what are you sewing right now? Are you sewing anything uh, personally right now? Or even maybe for the job that you want to share with us? I I have a bag in progress, Jason. Shocking. Yes, um, it is for Sulky. And it's for a really great online course that we're going to be doing. And yeah, I just finished the embroidery for it. It's got an, an embroidered pocket and I'm excited about it. So we will just leave it at that. That'll be okay. the tease for everyone. Okay. okay. <laughs> so obviously sewing is a big part of your life, uh, but you know, when you're not sewing, what, what other things interest you? What hobbies or activities do you enjoy doing? I mean, what, 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 what might we see on your social media that uh, you share with the world outside of sewing? Oh man. You know what? My life is so in my children's hands these days. <laughs> Sadly. Those, those darn kids. I know. We're doing basketball and soccer and, you know, there's just one thing after another. And thankfully we're back at it as well. But um, 
you know, I would love to say that I have time on the side from that, but for the most part, I do not. I really think that I'm not going to have this much time with them, you know, for very much longer. Um, I can attest to that. And so I'm trying to really soak it up and soak it in. But, you know, I do really enjoy live music. So, you know, you would probably see me at some, you know, sort of concerts or things like that. I love going to the theater. So I love traveling and yeah. Cool. Well, um, this, you know, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts that we've done so far, um, you'll know this is one of the things that I like to to ask towards the end of the of the interview. But uh, you know, I've always kind of said that as an industry, we're not selling thread and notions and fabric, etc. But kind of a certain feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction that comes with creating. Do you believe that to be true? And and if so, how is that feeling sort of manifested itself? And you're so journey? Oh, that's a great question, Jason. I definitely feel like sewing gives you a sense of accomplishment and pride and just confidence that applies to other things. You know, knowing that you have these skills, whether it's technical skills or creative skills, you know, you can apply that to so many other things. And when you're out and about and someone compliments you on this bag that you're carrying and you say, oh, thanks, I made it myself. And they just can't believe it. I mean, it is like the coolest thing. And, you know, I love how you asked me in the beginning if I ever got kind of flack for my friends for, you know, having sewn something, you know, now that I'm much older, the response is nothing but awe and amazement that I could actually make something like that. And, you know, it it just gives you all the feels. It right. makes you feel great that someone noticed and took interest in it. And I always try to say, and I can help you make one too. <laughs> I love that aspect of it. I do. Yeah, some of the most confident women I've, I've ever known were sewers, and, and maybe simply because I've been in this industry for thirty years. But but it does it does seem that um, that that's the case, you know, that sense of pride. I, I've, some of the best things I've ever been given were handmade, hand sewn items, and just the look on the on the face of the person that gave it to you is is, uh, is fun to see. Absolutely, it's very it's very empowering. And I'll I'll do it for the rest of my life. Well, I love that. Well, you know, I, I guess we're kind of done. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you got a lot going on, and um, you know, I wanted to sprinkle in some of our own personalities into this into this podcast. And so I appreciate you being here. Absolutely, I've had a blast. Thanks, Ellen. Uh, we'll look to talk again soon. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Give us a rating or a review and be sure to shop your favorite Sulky products, including threads, stabilizers, kits, and more at sulky.com.